0: Welcome in to another edition of the Cattails podcast, the official athletics podcast of Weber State Athletics. I'm Paul Grua and grateful again to have you with us along uh, along the ride today. I'm grateful to have Scott Erling, the head coach of the men's golf team at Weber State. Join me here today and let's talk a little golf and everything else that's going on in the world. You know, we uh, never would have thought uh, not long ago, we're going to be talking about the Masters and all those things. And, and right now it's it's none of that. It's i don 't think anything anyone would have expected how are you doing through all these things that have been going on
1: you know i i'm doing fine. my family's well I mean you know, in the big big picture, everything's going pretty good, but you know like you said the 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 pace that that everything 's changed is almost breathtaking you know we We had just gotten back from a tournament um, we were getting ready to go to another tournament uh, later on that week and all of a sudden everything just came to a screeching halt and you know our pretty carefully laid out schedule has obviously changed and you know now we're uh getting used to our new normal
0: yeah it is the new normal and it all did come so fast like you said you had started your spring season golf kind of has a fall and then a spring as well and you started just a little bit of the spring season and then just like that out of nowhere it it gets uh, it gets canceled and and you still weren't sure if it was canceled or suspended or how long and, and all that you've had to deal with. But how, how are your uh, how are your
1: athletes doing? How are they hanging on through all this? You know, I, I think they're doing pretty good. I think they're still trying to process everything that's happened because, again, it it all happened so quickly. We, we went from playing to, okay, it looks like we're going to have a little bit of a pause to, okay, the year's over. Uh, you know, that coupled with going, you know, to an online learning system has has been a little bit of change for some of them. you know most of them have had online classes so it's not unheard of but you know that the fact that you you just don't go up to campus anymore that you're not going to school it's it's been um you know it's been difficult to process all of it and, yeah. and I don't think that's that's you know anything special I think it's been difficult for all of us and you know in almost any walk of life so you know, they're, they're doing good, though. They're resilient, and, uh, you know, they're making the best of it.
0: You know, I'm interested in how it affects the, the game of golf. It's unique to other sports where you should be able to get outside and kind of be by yourself to a degree and, and avoid the social distancing. However, we've seen even in Salt Lake County and Salt Lake City some courses that have been closed and now are about to be reopened. But, boy, it's interesting how even that has been affected that sometimes you can't even play golf
1: yeah it's it's been interesting to see you know how how a lot of the golf courses have really met this head on you know and and had to come up with policies and procedures that they had never dreamed of in a million years you know i I personally think you know the golf courses that are staying open i mean they're they're providing a valuable service i mean you know peop- people still need to get outside they need to get a little bit of exercise they need to do something to take their mind off what's going on. And that, you know, and, and obviously you have to take all the necessary precautions and, and try to keep your distance. And, but you know, like, like you were saying, that's the good thing about golf. You, you can go play by yourself, or even if you're playing in a group, there's really no need to get that close to anyone else. So, you know, I'm, I personally am thankful that the, the golf courses have been open because it's it's been a nice you know just a nice break in the day to go out and just make some swings and play a couple of holes. It's uh, you know it's really been good for me and I, and everyone that I've spoken to about it. I I think they're really thankful for it also.
0: Yeah, for sure, especially during when this you know the weather starts getting better. And I've heard that there's some courses that have raised the cup a little bit. That you're not reaching into the grab your ball out of the cup but it's about an inch high have you heard about that
1: yeah i've seen that what i think most courses are doing they're um they've been taking like the the foam swimming noodles and Uh putting those down in the holes so so you can leave the flag in you don't have to touch the flag the ball can still go in the hole but it doesn't go all the way down to the bottom so it's easy to retrieve um you know, again, I think that's one of the things that, that some kind of forward thinking people have come up with as just another added precaution, you know, to, to try to keep things as safe as possible. I know they've, uh, you know, most places have done away with the rakes and the bunkers, um, you know, they're doing one rider per cart if you if you do take a cart, you know, they're obviously going the extra mile to make sure everything's sanitized and, and things like that, so like i said i, I mean I, I understand you can never make anything one hundred percent safe, but, but i think I think the golf business in general has has done a good job about you know being out in the forefront of this and and making it you know as as safe as possible while while providing a you know a needed outlet for people
0: yeah, absolutely yeah, it's important, but things like you said, we never would have imagined ever having something no. like this happen on on a golf course for sure. Well, Scott Earlene is the head coach of the men's golf team and director of golf at Weber State and has been in the Wildcat program for, for quite a few years. And uh, before that, he was a head professional at the Young Country Club, and he's been a teaching professional and, and spent a lot of time at other uh, other places as well. He played golf, uh, native of Southern Idaho. He played golf at, at Utah State. And so we're going to talk about all those things a little bit with him. Um, now, Southern Idaho – I think that's the Burley-Paul area, right, that you're from? Correct, yeah, uh, Paul, it's, it's actually. Not Paul, okay, good, good name for a t- for his t- town, right? <laughs> not really a hotbed, though, of golf, I wouldn't think. We drove through there uh, heading to the Big Sky Tournament there last month to Boise. I thought of you, and it, and it was cold and windy, and that's kind of normal there in Paul, Idaho, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a great place, but, but like you said, it, it doesn't, really lend itself to golf It's uh, got long cold winters and cold windy springs summers are pretty good but but yeah as you saw when you drove through every tree there is kind of at a 45 degree angle because um, because yeah we, we get plenty of wind so so you know when i when i see the wind play, blowing when we're out uh, playing it's it's uh, reminds me of my childhood
0: so you, there, there are golf courses there, but you, you obviously did you grow up and play a lot as a as a kid?
1: You know, it, I, I had such a great opportunity. We had a we had a couple of golf courses, both of them are about five or six miles from uh, from where we lived, and, and you know, my folks were great. And you know, it was a little different time, obviously, but either my mom or my dad would uh, drop a stop at the golf course in the morning and give us a couple bucks for lunch, and we would just play, and we'd go around. And I, I wish I had a dollar for every hole I played when I was a kid because it's uh, – and, you know, it was great because the golf courses really encouraged it, and, and we'd just go around and around and around, and one of either my mom or dad would come pick us up when they got off work, and that, that was kind of how we spent our days. As we got older, we got jobs at the golf course, so, so we were there even more. But, you know, I, I really can't imagine a better place to grow up then a golf course you get to meet so many interesting people get to learn so many you know cool life lessons you get to play so it was uh i I was really fortunate just just how that all worked out
0: yeah that's neat yeah absolutely and and then you're able to go on uh, and play like you said at utah state for four years and had Mm -hmm. some success there and and then turned pro right uh after college what were what were your dreams and aspirations
1: you know, after college, I was like almost every other college player. I wanted to uh, wanted to try my hand at earning a living playing golf, and, and I played uh, on the mini tours and just around for a couple of years. And you know, and I was a pretty good player, but but I was it became kind of obvious that I was I was never going to be able to jump up to that super elite level. And so, you know, I had some tough decisions to make because I'd never done anything but play golf. I've never had a job in anything that wasn't the golf business. And so I had to kind of decide what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, fortunately my, my coach in college, um, Craig Sarlo, he, um, he offered me a job at his golf course. And so I, I got involved from that end, um, became a member of the PGA and have, have been in the golf business in one way, shape or form ever since. So, like I said, I, I've I've been really fortunate to be able to to make this game my life.
0: You're going to become a golf pro now, unless you're like on the PGA Tour or playing professionally. That's different. But if you're a local golf pro, the myth
1: probably is, oh, you're going to play a lot of golf. That's really not the case, is it? No, I always I always tell people, you know, if, if you want to, if you don't want to play much golf, get in the golf business um you you obviously get to spend a lot of time at the golf course but but as far as playing in that you really don't do as much as people think you know it's, it's kind of the same with coaching now people always ask me, well you must get to play a lot of golf i'm like well I, I get to play more than my fair share but but i i get to watch a lot of golf so you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like everyone's job is probably a little different than people perceive it as so yeah it's uh it's definitely not entirely what you would think it would be
0: yeah especially the club pro where you're at a course and that's that's a lot of work you're managing people you're managing the business side of things and and sometimes you just can't get a chance to play but uh but still it's it's great to be around the game so you became Absolutely. a professional you started teaching golf and and then you mm-hmm. were also the head pro at the Ogden Country Club for quite a few years. Uh, where yeah. you obviously dealt with a lot of people that, you know, we were state people and, and mm-hmm. part of the Ogden community.
1: Yeah. You know, we were, again, like I said before, Craig offered me my first job, um, you know, when I decided to quit playing. And he, he was actually up at Birch Creek in, um, in Cache Valley, which is one of the courses we, we played for the college up there. And then Craig was fortunate enough to get, a, get the job at, uh, at Ogden Country Club and um, took me with him down here. You know, I had never been, you know, I'd obviously driven past Ogden a million times, but I'd never really been to Ogden. And I had just gotten married and, and all of a sudden we were moving to Ogden. And, you know, it's been, it's just been great. You know, we, my, me and my wife and my family, we've been here for 21 years now. And, you know, and this is our home. And, you know, being at the country club, getting to meet so many great people, like you said, you know, the country club and the university have, have such a good relationship and, you know, such a symbiotic relationship. It's been, it's just been awesome, you know, being able to, to interact and be around all those different, uh, different groups. Yeah, for sure.
0: As a, as a club pro, obviously there's a lot of teaching. There's junior golf, there's other kinds of things too that you
1: teach. What's your favorite mm-hmm. part about teaching, about teaching the game? Um, you know, I think my favorite part about teaching is just watching watching students progress. You know, I think that, you know, an, an important thing in teaching is, is figuring out, okay, what, what do you want out of this? You know, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? You know, and, and for some people, it's very simple. They, they want to get the ball in the air. They want to stop slicing it, you know, or there's, there's people that are like, you know, I want to become a really high level golfer. And, and, you know, and I think that, you know, once you understand where, where the student wants to go and you can try to help them get there, it's just, it's really rewarding to be able to, to see the progress, to see the work they're putting in and, and you know, and hopefully the stuff that you're telling them is helping them along this way. And, and, you know, just to see the smile on someone's face when they hit a really good shot or, or play a really good round or something, it's, it's very rewarding.
0: Why why is golf such a frustrating game, or it can be for so many people?
1: Um, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons. There's so many nuances to it. You know, even if you, you know, even if you play the same golf course every single day, you'll never play the same shot twice in a row. Um, and you know, I, I I think it's one of those games. While obviously it it helps any any sporting activity the better athlete you are now you'll you'll have an advantage but you know you there's so many things in golf that just you know you don't see that super athlete who's never played golf before that can automatically do well at it uh you know it takes some work because there's a lot of technique to it and stuff like that you know what you've seen in the game that's you know in the kind of last five ten years you're getting a lot of superior athletes who are real golfers. And, and that's where you're seeing just, you know, some of the incredible things that are being done in the game right now where, you know, you know, when I started playing, you know, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a ton of really athletic guys playing golf. It was kind of an old, you know, an old guy's game and, and stuff like that. But, but, you know, ever since, you know, obviously Tiger Woods kind of, kind of started it, But but you're seeing some really elite athletes playing golf now that, that are just incredible.
0: Oh yeah, I mean the Tiger effect in that sense is is huge. And look at a guy like Brooks Kepka and how fit he is, and and the no, numerous sure. guys Dustin Johnson, a bunch of those guys that absolutely they have they have they've changed the the look of they've changed the I guess the perception of golf too.
1: Uh, without a doubt, because like you said, you you look at those guys and and the first thing that you think when you see them, you you don't think golfer, you think that guy's an athlete. And, you know, and, and the things that they can do with the golf ball are just, I mean, it's really breathtaking and, you know, and you're, you're seeing that even down, you know, down at our level and stuff like that. You know, I, I've got guys on our team that are, they're just, you know, they can dunk a basketball, you know, they're, they're fast, they're strong. And it's, it's just been really interesting to see where the game has gone as, as, you know, superior athletes have gotten involved in it. And then, you know, that coupled with you know getting some good technique is is really been fun to watch the scores these guys can shoot
0: we're talking with Scott Erling, the head coach of the weber state men's golf team on the cat Tales podcast and so you came to weber state um and you had the opportunity to to leave the country club but but transitioned more to coaching and what was that uh, experience like for you making that decision
1: well, you know, it was it was interesting cause like I said, I've, I've never had a job outside of the golf business. Whether it was when I was a kid picking up the range and raking bunkers, all the way up to you know being a golf professional at the country club, and and I loved my time there. But you know, I was looking for something a little bit different. But but you know, it was it was interesting. I I didn't want to leave golf, and I really didn't want to leave Ogden. And you know, so when you put those two things on it. It, it, you know, really, there wasn't a lot of opportunities out there, and you know, I was I was talking with my wife, and she's like, well, you know, what do you like best about golf? And, you know, and, I, and it really got me thinking about it, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I like the competition of it, I like the playing of it, and I like the teaching of it, and you know, and she was actually one. She goes, well, you got to look into coaching, and I'm like, well, yeah, except you know, there's you know it's not like you can just go down and get a coaching job and you know as as fortune would have it Dave Curl who who had been the coach there had had decided to retire and and there was an opening and you know and I I was really excited about the opportunity and I was grateful when they even gave me an interview and you know as as luck would have it I ended up getting a job and it's it's really been a maybe one of the biggest blessings in my life because it's you know, it's it's a chance to to be around all the great people at the university. It's a chance to work with the kids. It's it's really a dream come true for me. And you know, a lot of people talk about their dream jobs and you know I I'm one of the lucky ones where I get to live my dream job every day and and I'm thankful for it every day.
0: That's fantastic. There's something about golf sometimes that you just you can't you can't quit it. There's so many times I think I read Arnold Palmer once that would say He just was was so tired of it. He said, I'm not, I'm never going to play again. And I think we've all felt that before. I'm done. (laughs) I'm not playing again. And then, you know, he said, well, about a day or two later, he started thinking about things. I got to tweak golf. I have an idea. I'll go out (laughs) and play this, you know, something along those lines. And it's really true. You just, it's kind of an addiction, I guess. You just come sometimes can't stay away.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's, that is absolutely true. I, uh, I've been through a lot of the same things that you have thinking, you know, after a bad round or something that I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to find something else to do. And that usually lasts about a day, maybe two days, really (laughs) bad round. And and then I'm back again and ready to go. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we always say, let's try bowling or something like that, but, (laughs) but you know, we keep coming back. Yeah. you know golf is there's something special about that so about coaching now now golf is unique of course it's it's more of an individual sport i guess but as a team (laughs) you still have a team event here what is your role and what is a maybe in a generic sense what's a coach's role when it comes to to a golf coach uh, on the collegiate level
1: you know it's it's really interesting i think you know i'm you know, I've been fortunate enough, you know, I've gotten to be good friends with Randy Ray and Jay Hill and all the other coaches up there. And, you know, you know, I've, I've been able to see what they do kind of from the inside and stuff. And, you know, golf coaches is kind of a different job in coaching that, you know, during the actual competition, we really don't do very much that affects the outcome. I mean, you know, our, our biggest thing is to offer encouragement, You know, if we see a kid that's down, try to get him pumped up, you know, try to keep him going forward, maybe help with a club selection on the, on the par three. But, but, you know, as far as, you know, there's no, you know, there's no substitutions to be made. There's no schemes to be changed. There's no halftime adjustments or anything like that. So as far as coaching goes, it's different. You know, we, we do most of our work, you know, getting ready for the tournaments. In the practice rounds, you know, trying to come up with a good game plan for each player, um, you know, trying to make sure that they're, you know, improving their weaknesses, staying on top of their strengths, and. You know, because good golf at this level, it's not about good shots. It's about managing your bad shots. And and if your bad shots are still in play, you're always going to have a chance to shoot a good score. So, you know, we're constantly stressing that. So, you know, as far as golf coaching goes, you know, you, you do most of your work leading up to the event. Then when, then when you get to the event, you're, you're basically a cheerleader. And, uh, you know, like I said, you help with some club selection and make sure they get – are eating properly and drinking enough water and getting sunscreen on. But, you know, I, I always joke with Coach Ray about that, you know, how I can't tell you how many different times I've been out on the golf course and just wish I could call a timeout or, you know, <laughs> wish I could make a substitution, but, you know, it's, that's not the nature of our game. So we just got to go with it.
0: You're as much a mental coach and psychologist, I guess, as anything out there, aren't you? Yeah,
1: without a doubt.
0: I mean, how much interaction do you generally have with – with your players as they're playing. Do you stay in a hole or do you follow a group or does it just kind of
1: vary? You know, it it kind of varies. Uh, you know, I think I think one thing that you you have to do as a coach is you each player's different. You know, some some players want you around a little bit more. Some players don't want you around. So it's I think it's important just kind of figuring out, you know, what what works best for them. And you know, I've I've done a little bit of everything. You know, sometimes I'll walk two or three holes with a player sometimes I'll be on a par three sometimes on a par five you know if we're at a course that has a particularly challenging hole maybe I'll be on that hole um so you know there's there's no normal to that it just kind of depends on the situation and and depends on the player and you know we just try to do the best we can to to try to get them to you know be their best as
0: an aspect of course of coaching for you and for any sport is recruiting uh, it's different mm-hmm. a little bit in golf, too, but ha- what's the process like in recruiting? I know you watch a lot of tape of, of players, but what's that process like? Well,
1: you know, it, it's like most other sports. Obviously, you're, you know, you're, you start watching kids when they're younger. You know, our sport kind of lends itself to it a little bit easier because at the end of the day, there's always a score. You know, there's always a a place in a field you know so we we've got a pretty good place to start i can you know we can start eliminating guys just strictly by the scores they're shooting in the tournaments that they're playing in and then you know obviously we want to get out and watch and play and you know for us you know we're, we're not you know obviously we want to get the best players that we can but but for us we've kind of found a niche in getting Guys that maybe are flying a little under the radar, but maybe have a higher ceiling. Uh, You know, I like to recruit guys that play other sports because you know they're they're usually a little bit more coachable they're used to being on a team you know as you mentioned earlier golf's obviously an individual sport that that at this level we wrap in a team concept and you know with the way sports specialization has gotten lately there's you know sometimes kids all they've done is play golf they've just done that singular thing all by themselves and And all of a sudden you bring them into a team setting and it's not their fault, but sometimes it just doesn't fit very well. So, you know, I like basketball players, football, but whatever sport, just guys that are used to being on a team. And then, you know, we want to get guys that we feel like with, with some help and, and some hard work, we can really maximize their potential. So you know, that's what we're looking for.
0: Can you usually tell within, if, if you're out watching a player, just by a couple swings, can you tell if it's something that's that's going to work for you or not? Can you, is it that quick? Um, you can tell.
1: You know, you can you can obviously tell from a technical standpoint that guy's got a good swing. That guy's got some things that maybe he needs to work on. You know, things that I like to I just like to watch them play and figure out. Okay, is this guy a grinder or when this guy you know, has a bad hole or something, is he going to pout for a couple holes? Or is he just going to find a way to to make a score? I mean, so, you know, that, that that's what we look for more than anything, is just that ability to just keep going. And, you know, it's like I always tell my guys, I, you know, golf is such a difficult game. I obviously want you to shoot the lowest scores you can, but on any given day, if if you just don't have it, and you shoot a 75, if that 75 is the best you had to give that day, I'm fine with that. You know, what I don't want is is guys that turn 74s and 75s into 78s or 79s because they just kind of gave up. If if 75 is what you got that day, we'll deal with it and we'll work on getting better. But if you got everything out of that round you could, I'm happy with that.
0: Uh, one one person that I wanted to talk with about that is near and dear to to me, and and uh, I'm sure to most so many people that knew him is is Smitty Jeff Smith, the uh, uh, mm-hmm. longtime golf coach at Weber State who passed away, and it's been four years already, which is hard to believe that he's passed away. But mm-hmm. you know, he was someone so special to me. I took junior golf lessons as a kid from him, and and knew him my whole life growing up. And in fact, I, I'm positive I would not be where I am at Weber State if it wasn't for him. But Someone that, you know, he seemed to know everybody in the community. <laughs> He'd always go out and knew everybody. But what a special guy to all of us, and we all we miss him so dearly.
1: Without a doubt, you know, obviously Jeff was the one who gave me my chance to, to start coaching. And like you said, I, you know, you, you hear it a lot, but I have never spoken with anyone that knew Smitty that didn't have anything but, but good to say about him. He was, he was the kindest, most caring man that I've maybe ever been around. And, you know, as far as Weber state goes, I, there was not a bigger fan of Weber state athletics, the university than Jeff Smith. He went to every game practice, not just golf, everything. And he knew all the kids, he knew all the coaches, he knew all the fans and, And you know he was just he's such an outstanding individual and 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 you know and and obviously his his death was a tragedy but i'm so thankful for the time i got to spend with him because you know if we we could all be a little bit more like smitty this world would be a lot better place he he was simply outstanding
0: very well said and he was the biggest cheerleader for everybody he'd be so positive Great golf teacher. He was a tremendous mm-hmm. golfer. Such a good putter. I remember how good of a putter he was. He could make everything. Oh yeah,
1: like. without a doubt. And,
0: and he was such a good teacher, and just so positive. And he'd always give us a couple of extra bumps here and there in the fairway sometimes <laughs> with our balls. Yep. <laughs> Probably too kind. Too kind in that sense. <laughs> what a great man. And his legacy well, will always live on for sure.
1: You know, he was, he was someone that he got so much joy out of seeing other people do well. You know, like you said, he, he was always way more concerned with what someone else was shooting than whatever he shot. I really don't think he cared about what he shot. But, but if you were having a good round or even a good hole or a good shot, he, he took so much joy in that. And, and that's something that, that I always really admired about him.
0: You've got a guy that, uh, that's helped you out uh, as an assistant coach, and you're also helping, you know, kind of with the women's, co- women's team as well, with Sarah Federico as the women's golf coach. But uh, Rich Friend is also helping out with both teams as a former Wimbledon mm-hmm. golfer as well, and he sure adds a lot to your program, doesn't he?
1: You know, he does. Rich, Rich has just been outstanding. I, I actually got to know Rich through Smitty, uh, when, you know, when Rich played here. He was a great player. He was a Big Sky Conference champion and he had uh, he'd been the head pro at Tacoma Country Club for 32 years i believe and you know we were talking one day cuz he's he's a huge basketball fan and always wanted to be caught up on what the basketball team was doing and and you know and he told me he was he was thinking about retiring but he he wasn't ready to retire and you know he'd always enjoyed Utah so he's like if if there's ever anything i could do i you know i'm i'm ready to step away from the from the country club life but but i don't want to get out of golf and luck would have it we we were able to kind of create a spot for him he's our director of player development he's an outstanding teacher and and you know he's he's just been been great for us because he he gives us that other set of eyes he gives us you know decades of experience in golf and and you know and, and he's willing to do whatever and and rich has just been super we're we're so fortunate to have him and you know he's he's just another voice that the kids can can listen to so he's he's brought so much to our program and and we're we're really fortunate to have him
0: well whenever i'm with you and with other coaches football or basketball or coaches or anybody they they may bring up a course and it seems like you you say i've played there i've played there i've played here and there it seems like <laughs> you've played everywhere so i'm going to ask you some hard <laughs> questions but in utah okay. what are some of your favorite
1: courses that you've played you know from a from a sentimental point, I, I love the Logan Country Club. You know, we played there so much in college. I obviously love the Ogden Country Club. Um, I love the Barn. You know, it's just a just a great spot out here, and so many characters out here, and it's so, so much fun. Glen Wild is outstanding. Uh, just a super private club up in. Uh, Park City, that's got an outstanding golf course and neat amenities. Salt Lake Country Club is the Salt Lake Country Club. I mean, it's obviously outstanding. We're so lucky here in Utah to have, you know, so many, you know, great golf courses that are so well maintained and and you know fairly easily accessible. We, you know, Utah is, you know, everyone always thinks about California, Arizona, Florida, whatever as far as golf goes, but i tell you what, with, with what we have and, and where it's priced and stuff, Utah golf doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're very lucky uh, between Park City courses and, and, you know, even down in St. George and so forth. Uh, yes. You've played a bunch of golf all over the country, though, too, and, and some famous courses and even the world. You've, um, you've played some of the most famous ones
1: some of my favorite courses I've ever played uh, the Olympic club in San Francisco is obviously outstanding. I, you know, one of my memories there uh, standing on the 18th tee if, for people who've never had a chance to play there. It's a tiny little tee box. And I mean, you, you really can't even get two people on it. And, you know, I just remember thinking as I'm standing here that I'm, I'm standing in the same place that almost every great golfer ever has probably stood whether it's uh, Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, almost anyone you want to name because there's only one place to stand on it. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is pretty heady stuff for a, for a dumb farm kid from Idaho. Absolutely. Very lucky. And uh, you've even played overseas. Haven't you played some golf overseas too? Played a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, okay. yeah. you know, got, that's where golf is awesome because, you know, golf's really a family and, and no matter where you go, if, if you find someone else that loves golf, you, you, you found a friend, you know, you found something in common. And, you know, that's where I think, you know, golf really, really projects that, that sense of community, that sense of commonness and you know even sometimes even if you don't speak the language you can you can go out and enjoy a round of golf with someone and you may not understand a word they say or they may not understand a word you say but you can have a great time out on the golf course
0: well Scotty it's always fun to talk and it's always fun to talk golf we appreciate it we're sure glad to have you as our director of golf and men's golf coach at Weber State and look forward to uh, hopefully soon getting uh, getting things back out there and and back on the golf course, but uh, in the meantime, stay safe. And, and thanks for your time today.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I just want to say, Paul, thanks for all you and, and, and everyone that works for you. Everything you guys do getting the word out about Weaver state and that, I mean, you guys do an outstanding job and, and we're really thankful. And, and like you said, hopefully, hopefully we can get past what's going on now and get back to normal. Cause I know my guys want to get back out on the course and represent the university and the community and, you know we're we're looking forward to those times